Steph, my guy. Once again, everyone from the pocket, we have Steph Morris here. Former Letterman cornerback, rocking the, uh, the 12. Now lives down in Atlanta and was present at the Peach Bowl game. Want to get your thoughts, man. Give us your highs and lows of uh, you know what you saw. Obviously, came up short for the boys in blue and white, but give us your highs and lows of the game. Me living in SEC country, these fans are you know pretty <laughs> annoying. Uh, I try to you know preach the Big Ten as much as possible, especially at Penn State. Uh, it doesn't go too far. Uh, the fact that we couldn't get it done in SEC country, of course, is probably the biggest loss. Man, it was just different, you know, just being in. Uh, in the stands and being at the game. And uh, this is actually my first time, like, in a crowd. I'm usually, you know, if I go to a game, on a, I'm in a, right. on the sideline. So I was in the crowd and, you know, you know uh, getting that type of experience. And it just didn't seem as if, you know, the we had the energy, you know, yeah. amongst, amongst each other in the crowd. Um, we started off with energy, of course. The crowd was somewhat somewhat into it. It just felt off the entire day, to be honest. Quarterback sneak right side. Touchdown, Penn What's up, everybody? If you are a college football fan like me, if you know a college football fan that's in your life, you need to go cop this shirt. New designs dropping all the time. It's the perfect gift with the holiday season coming around. If you don't have this thing, you're missing out. Great material, great fabric. I wear it all the time. Go get yours today. Welcome back. Welcome back to The Pocket with myself, Brandon Bell, Christian Hackenberg. Appreciate you guys. Happy New Year's to all. First pod of 2024. Brother, how you doing? Uh, I'm, no, yeah, I'm feeling all right. I mean, I'm feeling good outside of the Penn State football side of things, but um, you know, had a great New Year's. Um, my wife and I had our had our night out. We got we got yeah, a sitter go. for for the baby, so it was the first I think mom and dad night out. So it's a good way to kick in the new year. But dude, um, you know, yeah, man, um, been a good year. Very happy with with state media. Very happy with the pocket doing this with you, man. So. A little bit of reflecting on that, and uh, excited for excited for what twenty twenty four and the future has. So, for sure, for sure, I can echo that. Maybe we end this off with a little uh, reflections of the past year. But other than that, you touched on it. You know, the Penn State side of us not feeling too great right now after the Peach Bowl. But New Year's, you know, comes the New Year's six bowl games, playoffs. Obviously, Penn State first time in the um, Chick Fil A Peach Bowl down in Atlanta. And man, we're gonna. Let's get into it. I mean, obviously not the outcome we all wanted, but it was a big moment. And, you know, there's a lot riding. I won't say there's a lot riding on it. We touched on it a few pods ago. I think it felt it meant more to us. Maybe that's our bias. You know, obviously old Miss Hotty Toddy would say the same thing. But yeah, um, we want to start off with this game. You want to start high, you know, on the highs? You know, listen, man, I think. I think when you just look at it like broad stroke, right? Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at all the New Year's Six bowls outside okay. of the outside of the semifinal games, right? Like, I think there's a lot of different moving parts that I think us as college football fans aren't necessarily as used to. Like, I know the opt out thing started back with Christian McCaffrey, and it's been around for a minute, but right. I feel like this year, and I don't know why it just seemed to magnify things. Maybe it was the addition of the transfer portal. And we kind of touched on just the timing of how we open up the transfer portal and, 
it's so like knee jerk reactionary and there's kids there. So they're not available for games. It's just, I feel like it was like too many avenues open for kids not to play. And I think it affected all these games and, you know, us talking about the Penn state game specifically leading up to it. We only had chop publicly not playing, had some guys who declared for the draft, but we're going to play. And, you know, I think that the, the, the communication, uh, maybe for fans, you know, at least it's been a theme in the mailbag was, was lacking from that side of things. But, you know, it's hard because again, I, I could have never done it. I've said this a million times, but I understand why players make that decision. Um, it sucks for fans. It really right. does. But but like I said, I just feel like it really impacted games top to bottom. You look at the Florida State game. I don't know how much it really changes the outcome of that game. Right. But um, it's not an absolute ass kicking on national television. And uh, you know, just just for the optics, it's still a New Year's Six Bowl game. The history of those types of games, like it, the optics were a little eh. And then, you know, obviously you had the the semifinal games, which were two fantastic games. And I think everyone talks about, you know, the college football playoff committee getting it right. Right. I think Georgia has something to say about that. But (laughs) ultimately, I think they did a really good job. And I was I was pleased as hell with those matchups. I mean, Michael Penix looked fantastic. Quinn Ewers started a little slow, but came back and battled. So you saw kind of the the battle of two great offenses. And then you saw the battle of of two great defenses and a little bit of late late game magic from Michigan. So I, yeah. I mean, overall I was impressed and then kind of to go back into your, your initial question about us, you know, it, the highs, you know, I thought we started fast. Um, and I just wish really that we could have kept that intensity. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, it was, it, we came out of the gates smoking, you know, you really got to punch the first one in, I think for points. Uh, but we kind of did the same thing against so. Michigan offensively, but um I know that's a super long-winded way of kind of rounding about the whole schedule, but yeah, I mean, really for me, like the positives where we came out punching, um, but it just seemed like after that we were yeah. kind of going through the motions, you know? Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's you know, look at watching those other games you just spoke on. That's kind of what I was looking at comparing, you know, comparing everything to us because that's you know who I root for is that exactly what you said that competitive edge just remaining throughout the whole game. You know, yeah. like you said, came out hot, whether the scripted plays, whatever you want to call it, offensively and the, the defensively. But then, yeah, we kind of, we lawed off a little bit. And you see, that's where old misses, you know, kind of killer instinct, whatever you want to call it, you know, really kicked in. And obviously against a good team, you know, you can't afford those, those lows. So I know yeah. we're going to, we're going to go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I will say this too. You know, I, I think I may have said it on one of the, one of the preview episodes, like, I thought we did a good job, at least for the first quarter, second quarter, of, like, making Jackson Dart beat us. They were struggling getting their run game going. Eventually, they started getting some perimeter stuff going, and it helped them stay on schedule and take a little bit of pressure off Jackson. But, like, I said that kid was either going to win or lose the game, and I, I don't want to take anything away from him. I mean, he he no, all, dude, he like, did. <laughs> and, and did it. So, did. you know, it's kind of one of those things, too, where you got to kind of tip your hat to the kid no, for, sure. for how he played. And, uh, you know, I think he announced he's coming back. So that's a, that's a big get for Lane Kiffin and, and those guys going into the offseason. Um, you know, I, I don't I just I, I don't want to be a, too big of a homer, but I do want to make that point. Like, I, obviously, some opt outs in the defensive back end may or may not have affected that wholeheartedly. But it, he played really, really well. And, right. you know, 
it, it was it's tough to tough to tough to beat a team when when the kids play with that type of confidence. No, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, you said it. Some of our corners were down, but I mean, outside of maybe a few plays, he was just putting the ball on the money yeah. on a lot of those throws. And I'm right with you. That was one of my main notes from the game as I'm watching. I mean, this that kid was playing quarterback. I mean, he was balling. I wasn't too familiar with this game, you know, the little Shaq meme, but I'm familiar now. Um, and like you said, hats off to him. He played a hell of a game. Um, made a lot of you know big time throws. I honestly could say. He might have made himself some money uh, last night. I know he's coming back for, for college, but I think, you know, next year when he comes out, obviously depending on how he plays the rest of next season, but if he plays like how he played against us, I mean, he looks like a a real, um, you know, draft pick. Well, now he still might have made himself some money with right. this NFL market. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Endorsements, I'm sure, will come in, you know, tenfold even more. Yeah. yeah. Shoot. What um, so what what negatively like because I, I think we do need to touch on this too. Like, yeah. I know I know I I kind of touched on like just the intensity and not keeping it throughout the four quarters. To me, like a big turning point in that game was, and it's something that I don't think a lot of people talked about have talked about is. I was watching this right before right before halftime. We get the ball mm-hmm. back with like a minute and fifteen seconds left. Yeah. I think we're down three at the time or whatever. And like that's the whole reason why you defer for moments like that, right? Like yeah. we had three timeouts, we had the ball back. Like I was fully expecting a full on attack two minute, like let's start pushing the ball, let's get a positive first play, let's go, let's go, let's go. We run it on the first down, and then like we don't bang a timeout run 20 seconds off the clock. And it was just like, at that point I was like, Oh man, like, yeah. I was like, why are we not like, why is it not any sense of urgency? Because you had a great opportunity to double up. You know what I mean? Right. You're getting all out of halftime or you never know what type of momentum that carries in the halftime. And then, you know, consequently we come out and go two, two, three and outs starting the starting the second half. Like that's just those like small momentum plays that I think you, you know, we know as guys who've been in, been in the locker room, been in games, been in the heat of the battle like that. Like those types of things not only boost your offense's confidence, your defense's confidence, everybody, right? You're like, oh man, like we won the game of football, the strategy right. of football. Like we did exactly what we we're supposed to do. Deferred, doubled up. Here we go. Completely different ball game heading into the second half. Um, and I think that was a missed opportunity for us. And then really from that point on, I think that that kind of like mental lull and draw, we can never climb out of it. And that's, you know, that's what sucks. You know, you really right. want to see somebody in the, whether it's a coaching staff or, or, or a player, like try to pull guys out of it. I just didn't, I didn't see it, man. It just looked very complacent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I have my notes here, throw your punches, two minute drill, not the yeah. best. Um, and I, we, we've kind of been a, throwing that analogy out there all season, a boxing match and things of that nature, but that's exactly what it is. You'd like to see, you know, the squad throw their punches in that two minute drill. I mean, you have it's the last game of the year. You're not playing for anything more than today and 2023 season. So throw your punches, you know, and it's it can be frustrating because we've seen them show flashes of that, you know, whether it's Drew dropping back, dropping back, offensively scheming things up. We've seen flashes, but it hasn't been consistent enough to where, you know, everyone's kind of all on board. Like, hey, let's go down here and double up. Exactly like you said. Let's go double up, get the ball back put it on them again, defense, three and out, win the third quarter. 
like you say, we're just not quite seeing that. And that probably is my main low. I mean, I know you talked about the opt-outs. I don't pay too much stock in that. As a player, I know obviously you have all-American talent that's not playing, and it does make a difference. But I put myself in the shoes of the guy behind him or whoever it may be. It's like, hey, I don't give a rat's ass. I'm B-Bell. I'm going to go out here and play my ass off against Ole Miss, put my name out there, you know, X, Y, and Z. So yeah, that's how I look at everything. But it is tough. A lot of talent didn't play. Right. But to that point, though, like, I, I agree with you. We talked about how deep this roster was. Like, that, not just us, but yeah, every was- spring, the coaching staff. Like, everybody's talked about how deep this roster was starting from week one. So, you know, it is one of those things where it's like, man – those those reps and the game live reps are really important. But like at the same time, you know, you got a young guy coming in, but he's got a lot of talent. And I yeah. feel like there's a lot of onus on the staff to 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 go, OK, like we have to deal with these things, whether it's in uh, Theo Johnson or Olu being on a being on a on a pitch count or like these guys had a month to prepare for this. And I, I, I find it really hard to believe that the coaching staff found out that a lot of these players were holding out like game week. Right. You know what I mean? So with that being said, I don't have a problem with coach Franklin keeping that tight to vest because yeah, I think no. there's, there's probably some strategy with that. You know, sorry fans, but there's probably some strategy with that with Ole Miss, right? Like we got to prepare for these guys. We got to prepare for these right. guys. Lane Kiffin was ears out to every little thing, Franklin and what player yeah. was playing and not playing. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was congratulating Chop Robinson, yeah. you know, it's like, there's probably some gamesmanship with that, but and and like I said, I got I got no problem doing that. But at the same yeah. token, you know, you you expect those the other guys to have had ample time to to get ready. And obviously, you know, there's going to be some turn some growing turns. But I think that that's where you, as a staff, put them in positions where they can be a little bit more successful with the understanding that they don't have all those game reps under their belt as a Kalen King or a Johnny Dixon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's kind of like a double edged sword, I guess. And but I just don't. I also don't really necessarily buy that excuse either for us, you know? Yeah. Um, no, yeah, there's, there's, as much as I said, I get it. It was all American talent that did not play as a player. I'm not buying it. You know, you can't because at yeah. the end of the day, you line up with your, your 11 and I line up with mine and, you know, we play ball from since we were five years old to yeah. whatever age you stop playing. That's what it is. You know, guys out there playing ball. So, I don't really pay too much stock in that uh, either. I can confidently yeah. say. As a program, as a fan base, we all need to improve from every position, every, you know, top down. And there's nothing wrong with that. Clearly, we you know, we have national championship expectations. So until we make that happen, you know, there's room to improve. And for the, for the fans, I think – Everyone can still kind of, you know, hold your horses. Let's calm down because at the end of the day, we saw how these games played out. There's only two teams and only one team wins it out of 200 or however many FBS schools there are. Uh, mm-hmm. So, didn't yeah, quite the year off on a bang like last year beating Utah, but there's there's room for improvement. Yeah, and I think I think the only thing that the, – the, the one thing I hope we attack – because I think that there were reoccurring themes with these three games that we lost, at least offensively. And again, I think it kind of like mistakes happen, bad play calls happen. Um, 
players make players make bad plays every once in a while. Like these things all happen throughout a game, and you have to be able to overcome those types of things. But it, I think the consistent theme was just that level of intensity for these larger games, right? And like that, it, it, I feel like great teams expect to win week in, week out. And I feel like some of these larger games, we had a little bit of like hesitancy, if that yeah. makes sense. There wasn't like, it wasn't like us against the world type of mentality. And I know like I was never really a player like that, 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 that resonated with me, but like yeah. something similar to that was like, I was a competitor. Like if you put me out there, even if the world and I knew that I was shorthanded in some way, shape, or yeah. form in this fight, like it wasn't a thought in terms of how I attacked. Like I was still in full right. attack mode for four quarters and I emptied the tank. And if right. it was enough, great. If it wasn't great, I, I still left it all out there. I emptied the tank and we'll, we'll move on and learn from it. And that's what practice and, and, and all that stuff's for. So like for me, it was just like this weird feeling in all these games where there was like hesitancy and they were like dipping their toe in the water and there was no real kill yeah. in the players. And I said this, you know, I think that starts from the top. So I think for me, I just want to see that be a point of emphasis this off season. And as much as this loss sucks and as much as the expectation we had coming into this was a lot different, I think it tempers all of our expectations for 2024. Right. And I think that's a unique opportunity for this team because they're not going to have the expectations they had coming into this year. There's going to be a lot of naysayers and a lot of doubters. And it gives you that opportunity to kind of work in silence, work in the yeah. shadows, yeah. and connect the things that need to be corrected. And, uh, you know, really, really play like you have nothing to lose. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, I think that that's, that's what you have to do. I think the Michigan team did it. You know what I mean? You're talking about the number one team in the country. You know, they, they had things rolling. Like they fourth, fourth and two kind of in that weird fourth and one in that weird fringe area. Like they just played like they didn't have anything to lose. And like they, they expected to win that game and they were destined yeah. to win that game. And like, I just no feel like, what happened? yeah, I feel like every time we step in the ring in these types of games, Ole Miss game included, like with like, 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 like talent, you know, there was hesitancy. There was, you know, fear right. of fear of making a mistake and fear. Yeah. Of, and it's like almost that fear inhibits you from even playing to your potential, which is even worse than I think screwing up at a thousand miles an hour, you know, trying to I make mean, something happen. So that literally paralysis by analysis. And I hadn't <laughs> heard that until I made it in the NFL and it made all the sense. And it, <laughs> happened, it happened to me. I'm a guy undrafted. I can't make a mistake. I can't miss yeah. this block on kickoff return. Well, I'm going to be out of here. Drafted, dude. So, like, don't, don't <laughs> even think it's just a guy who's – like, it happened to me big time, you know? So, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, it happened, we, there's, we can talk to every player, which we have one of our proud alum, Baller, coming in as well. I want to get to him. Uh, but, yeah, man, that's what happens when you see the talent and it's not going full throttle. And it's like, why? Why? You know? And that's exactly what it is. So, um, but nonetheless, I want to get to our guy, Steph Morris, coming in, former cornerback, Letterman, Penn State, um, all-around captain of a guy. I remember uh, coming up, getting recruited, seeing this guy ball out, you know, number 12 out there, definitely a chippy guy. We talk about that that attack mentality. 
That's all that yeah. DMV is, though, man. <laughs> his, his Steph's cousin, Jordan Smith, came in yeah. with us. Same guy. They got yeah. them DMV boys coming in. Ah, oh, man. So I'm stoked about this. It's, it's, yeah. it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about it. So. Steph, my guy. Once again, everyone from the pocket, we have Steph Morris here. Former Letterman cornerback, rocking the, uh, the 12. Now lives down in Atlanta and was present at the Peach Bowl game. Want to get your thoughts, man. Give us your highs and lows of, uh, you know, what you saw. Obviously, came up short for the boys in blue and white, but give us your highs and lows of the game. Yeah, I guess the high for me would probably be the fact that I didn't have to travel. <laughs> the fact that uh, the Peach Bowl was, of course, in town. So I was able to take a 20-minute Uber there. Uh, the lows was uh, we didn't get the result. Me living in SEC country, these fans are, you know, pretty annoying. Uh, I try to, you know, preach the Big Ten as much as possible, especially Penn State. Uh, it doesn't go too far. Uh, the fact that we couldn't get it done in SEC country, of course, is probably be the biggest low. Um, that's that's pretty much it, man. Uh, it's we was lacking something. I, I think we all, as former former players, we all know that we were lacking. Uh, I wouldn't even say the players, man. It was just different, you know, just being in uh, in the stands and being at the game. And uh, this is actually my first time, like, in a crowd. I'm usually, you know, if I go to a game, on a, I'm in a, right. on a sideline. So I was in a crowd and, you know, you know uh, getting that type of experience. And it just didn't seem as if, you know, the we had the energy, you know, yeah. amongst, amongst each other in the crowd. Um we started off with energy, of course. The crowd was somewhat somewhat into it. It just felt off the entire day, to be honest. Mm. That's it's funny. We we touched on it. Like we our our high was we at least started fast. I think on both sides of the ball. But yeah. what got me was every single time this year we've we've played either like or better te- or quote whatever you want to say better talent. I think like talent across the board, you know, whether it's Michigan, Ohio state, when you looked at us on paper, we're pretty even, right. The exception of a couple, couple things here or there. Right. But what, what got me was it just never seemed like for all three of these games, we were throwing punches in a competitive nature to win the game. It always seemed like there was some type of hesitancy where, whether it was offensively, we couldn't push the ball vertically down the field or score points. So we were trying to chase things that really weren't there. Like, it just seems like when we stepped in the arena, there was something that was limiting us from letting it all loose and playing freely, which is almost worse to me than going a thousand miles an hour and making some mistakes and being able to go, you know what? Kids left it all out there. Coaching staff left it all out there, but we came up short. We made too many mistakes, this and that. It's like, when I'm watching it as a former player and with the guys that I play with, like we still would swing and run on E. And if, if we, if we, if we emptied the tank and it wasn't in our favor, it was kind of like, Hey, you know, they got us right. Tip of the cap, you know, go ahead. It just seems like in all three of these games. And that was the only theme that really bothered me this year was there was some type of hesitancy and you could, you could read it with some of these guys. Like I think Drew really wears it on his sleeve in these games, just, just me being a quarterback analyzing that position, but really this game, it felt like that. And to me, the turning point was that half right before halftime minute and like 15 seconds left, we had a chance to go down and double up, you know what I mean? Which is why you defer 
And, you know, we, we run the ball. We got three timeouts. We run the ball on first down and we let 20 seconds run off the clock. And then it's two conservative plays. We punt, we go to halftime down three. It's like, that's why you do that. And then, and it compounds by us going three and out two times. And then it was just like, we could never get out of that rut. So we have the uh, bend but don't break mentality. I would definitely say probably O State, Michigan game. I kind of see why. You know, you kind of want to keep it close. You got a top five defense. Let let the other team make a mistake and let us capitalize. I think uh, for this game specifically, the fact that we had, you know, you know, guys drop off for whatever reason, I think it's the game where you kind of just let it go. Um, you know, it's a bowl game. You, of course, you want to come with the win, but you also want to see what exactly are we going to bring back next year because the guys that's playing, those are the guys that's going to be there for spring ball, you know? Yeah. Uh, so for me, I was more so looking to see Drew take the next step. And I get it. It's kind of tough when, you know, you're lacking, you know, just the explosive pieces on offense, uh, more so in the hash and outside the numbers with the receivers. Um, but I was, I think this is a game, a, a game where I really got to watch and just wanted to see him, you know, just be the guy, you know, um, I was 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 blessed enough to play with some good quarterbacks, not even quarterbacks, just good players in general, where, you know, they made people around you better, regardless of whether they were good, bad. You know, he they brought them to, you know, the the likeness of what they are. Uh, so I wanted to see that from Drew. I'm not sure what exactly the game plan was uh, doing, you know, bowl practices and going to the game if they want to be conservative, if, you know, I, I, I don't know, but I would love to have Drew, seen Drew, you know, just going into, you know, just this coming 2024, give us some type of, I wouldn't say hope because, you know, he, he's the future, he's now, but just give us something that we can hang our head on. Like, you know what, yeah. you know, we got USC, we got Washington, we got Oregon, all these guys coming to the conference, you know, Michigan and Ohio State going to be there. Can we contend? you know, with this current roster and is he's the guy to, you know, to, to lead us. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, we talked about it before. There's nothing wrong. I know fans get all riled up, but it's clear that we have much improvement to do. And that's everyone, every position, every piece of coaching yeah. staff, we have room to improve quarterback um, is not uh, excluded from that. And I touched on it a few weeks ago. And maybe I'm being too light, too generous, but I I weigh a lot on this was his first go around, you know, really having the job. Um, turnover with the coaches, you know, they say he took the firing of Yersis very personal, things of that nature. And I know new schemes for a young player already is never really the, you know, the easiest thing. So I'm, I kind of give him a, lot of, a little grace of like, okay, you had this season on your belt. We would have loved to see in-season improvement. And I know me and Hack, Hack and I talked about this. But it's like, okay, now you see what what more you need to do. Because you just didn't know. You don't know what it takes to be a starting yeah. quarterback in the Big Ten with the pressure of really the entire country, because Penn State fans are everywhere, on your head, on your back. You don't know until you know. Yeah. Now he knows. And also playing up against, you know, going against quarterbacks and these other teams. I take a lot of my lessons – is learning from others' mistakes as well, not just your own, just watching the game. You're playing against a Jackson Dart, who we spoke, spoke on, who was lighting it up, who was doing yeah. the darn thing, like team on his back, throws are there, you know, X, Y, and Z. So I look at that and I was like, okay, can he take all this knowledge he got from this year 
and and turn it into like you said, Big Ten is changing. You're the now. You're the guy now. You're the, there's no. Unfortunately, there's no grace period. People don't give him grace like I do. There's no grace period of like, you know, okay, oh, this is first year. No, Penn State needs to win now. And yeah, that's it's a, a win now mentality. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, I, I, it's a win now mentality. And, and and unfortunately, you know, we're in a a time period where you can't really you can't redshirt if that makes sense. You know, even if you don't redshirt, you just don't have the time or luxury with NIL and. You know, with these uh, people spending this money to really sit or make excuses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that's more so where I'm coming from. You know, um, me playing in the past, we didn't have NIL. You, you guys neither. We didn't have these glorious five stars. I played under Joe Pa. Uh, so, you know, he was big on, you know, three stars and we was getting it done with, you know, far less talent than what this current roster have. So, me uh, being able to when I got invited to a practice and I think the biggest takeaway, because I went with Dion Butler, who's a former letterman. And, you know, the guys just kept saying, yeah, this guy here, he's four, two, he's four, three. Yeah, man, he he can, you know, he can bench this, he can bench that. And I'm just looking like, OK, but can he actually play football? Right. Um, I think that's kind of maybe the motto now uh, with this current Penn State team is, you know, they're looking for guys that can, you know, test off the wall. And I don't know. I'm just from that game, man, I didn't see a ton of, like, legit just football players. I see a lot of athletes. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to – you got to be technically sound and you got to be able to play football. Regardless, you're asking around 4-2, 4-3, don't matter. <laughs> you know, uh, and I'm speaking more so from a defensive back perspective. I get it. You know, we have some guys that – opted out last minute, you know, uh, you can just tell it was a little discombobulated on the back end uh, communication-wise, which which is normal. Yeah. Um, and to be fair to them, that's tough yeah. to be on that runway, first experience <laughs> against uh, SEC, SEC opponent like Ole Miss and just seeing, seeing Lane Kiffin's reaction on the sideline, like he was, anim- he was animated. You can tell he wanted to win this game. Uh, and I'm not even sure how many dropouts that they had, but uh, – yeah, we was we was we was locking them back in, and uh, we got we got the athletes. But at some point, you know, um, we be getting these top ten, top fifteen recruiting classes. We got to be able to win these type of games. Yeah, I mean, I'll go real quick. Am I wrong for not giving the guys the you know the twos and threes more grace? Because I we, right before you came on, we spoke on just like or I said, you know, I look at it as opportunity. Hey, Steph not playing. I've been getting time all year, but I'm about to start, you know, against an SEC opponent. Like, let's go. You know, this is my time. And you'd hope that they're preparing the right way and everyone's being prepared the right way. But that part doesn't – that's not It's not an excuse for me, you know, for the guys, for the yeah. opt-outs and the guys stepping up. I think uh, I think it's a different different day in time when you just talking about these athletes in general. Um, yeah, we was put in that position. Of course, we're going to be ready. There's no money involved. So our outlet was to make a play, make multiple plays, get that starting job, do, it, mm-hmm. do the best as possible so we can, you know, get to to the ultimate goal. Nowadays, you know, you, you, you coming in, you sign NIL, I think you coming in with 50K at Penn State. And that's just, you know, the tip of the iceberg. Uh, so it's a different mentality. I was hard on the DBs during the game. Um, 
and maybe I shouldn't have been, but that is tough to go into. Uh, you, you expect him, you know, all American corner to play. He opts out the day before mm-hmm. and you can just tell the communication was off. Right. Sure. Um, so that, that is tough. But to your point, me per se, yes, I would have been ready. Um, and but no also credit, too, no taken away from Ole Miss either. The guys yeah. they had on the outside were, were very good. Like you said, quarterback mm-hmm. putting it on them. Uh, so I, I'm not saying, you know, it should have been a shutout. Just, you know, it's a lot of talk about. We should have done better. We should have done better for sure. We should have done better. But it's kind of – the reason I – it's a tough, tough task on the DBs because, you know, you guys play with the Godwins, uh, the Hamlers of the world. They win against that every day. Yeah. Who exactly allowed DBs going against them practice to have them ready? Because if you look at that game, we didn't have anybody on the outside that can – look like they can separate or make – or make a play in general. So that's why I think uh, it's kind of a little tough for them younger guys to really prepare for what exactly Ole Miss had. Changing speed. Big big difference. And I thought Kiffin did a great job from a presentation standpoint, right? Like he didn't just line up and for the most part, I mean, they threw threw slants to nine like it was their job. Like outside of that, though, some of the schemes, the presentations, the motioning to bunch, and then getting getting a bunch of to your point, like the stuff that you get as a as a veteran DB, where you're like, oh, I saw this release before. This right. is what this means. Like these kids yeah. are just like, what's my rule? It's my rule, and you know that's where you see the mistakes. And I thought Kiffin yeah. did a really good job of giving them four hundred yeah. level presentation. And these kids are still, you know, going to going to econ one hundred and one, trying to figure it out. You know, yeah. Um, but that's what that's. I, I know we lost Manny, and Manny is, you know, he's going to live by the blitz, die by the blitz. We're going to play man, right? Yeah. But we don't have Manny. You know, we got these young DBs. I would love have. I would have loved from our coaching staff to help them out because you know, mm-hmm. confidence is everything going into the off season. And, you know, I'm not – I saw a lot of man-to-man still, as you mentioned. Kiffin did a great job to seeing exactly what we had with these motions. We're mm-hmm. a man-to-man. Right. I would have loved to have seen us, you know, still send fire blisters from a zone, zone perspective. Just, you know, we're struggling on the back end. Let's help these guys out. That way they can have zone eyes and they don't have to worry about so much of, you know, going against, you know, number nine, whatever the case may be. Yeah. 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 So with that being said, Steph, uh, give us a little life update, man. I know I, I think you're you're flying up and coaching high school ball with your pops, right? Yeah, I do that every every week during off uh, during the season. Of course, he's in Washington D.C. I reside in Atlanta. Um, yep, so that's weekly. He's at Eastern Senior High School. Um, I actually just left the NFL roughly about eight months ago. I was with them for the past eight years. Um, Managing all services as it relates to, you know, just health, more so on the mental health side. I'm now uh, in the IT field, um, handling like distribution to like global corporations with uh, devices like Dell, Samsung, um, and that companies in Miami. So that's a quick update. Still got prime example. Uh, we got that both in DC as well as in Atlanta. Actually doing pretty well. Just uh, the scope of Georgia is pretty competitive from a mm-hmm. training perspective. Yeah. Uh, so I think I was a little more worried about that bringing prime example to Georgia at first. But, you know, cream always rises to the top. And uh, I've been able to have a ton of success, you know, early on with just training DBs from different uh, high schools and different regions in, in the state. I was going to say, for anyone that doesn't know, listening to this, 
I'll give us a quick, you kind of said it right there, but I know we know what it is. Quick synopsis yeah. of what prime example, when you say prime example, what is that? Prime example, man. Uh, uh, prime example is it's a mentorship program, but it's more so heavily involved in training. Mentorship would be more so from like myself or some of the guys who may come by and, and speak like a Jordan Smith or Mark Gonzalez. I'm speaking to the guys that's in the D.C. area. Um, and, you know, it's, it's more so I, I know what I can be by what I see. And I can see I saw I saw the, the results that Marcus Island did what they put in and. I know exactly what I can be, but it's a mentorship program, uh, training base that resides in both, you know, D.C. as well as Atlanta. And, you know, sometimes um, on a give and take, give a weekend, we have multiple people come up from different fields, whether that's, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, it can be a police officer, whatever the case may be, because you all know at some point, you know, uh, this career got an expiration date that we don't we don't know about. Yeah. So with a, I try to make sure that, you know, that they're aware that it's okay to have a plan B and just in case, you know, plan A doesn't work out. But, you know, I'm successful. You guys both are still very much so successful, although our career path may have not been what we have dreamed of, you know, the ultimate dream. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, man. That's kind of what I want to get into. Like you said, you, you have a hand on the pulse of young, young athletes, seeing you up there, taking bus trips, taking recruits, your guys up there. We kind of touched on it, you know, the NIL space nowadays, and that seems to be, we do Mailbag Monday where we get questions from just fans, and that seems to be a topic every week of the NIL is ruining this and recruits mm-hmm. this and the transfer portal. Can you give us, like, your 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 view of this, the recruiting uh, situation in the country right now? Uh, I like it. I actually love it. <laughs> uh, I may not like the window. And I just I'm more so speaking about with this bowl season, not just our game, but with this bowl season have presented us overall um, with the transfer portal window as well as the recruiting window. You know, that's terrible right now. But I do love the fact that, you know, these uh, kids are, are monetizing off their, you know, the name, image and likeness. Uh, so I'm not, I don't know, I like the whole, I like I like everything about it. I like the fact that these kids are able to, you know, help out, you know, Aunt Jill or send a little money back to grandma when needed. Or, you know, for me, my dad traveled every game. And it wasn't, uh, <laughs> traveled every game. Oh, I played all four years. He didn't miss home or away. And he didn't fly. He drove. And I would have loved to be in the space now to take a hotel money, take a flight. So, and I'm pretty sure it's other parents the same way, you know, in this current day and age. So I actually like everything about it. Yeah, 100%. I like a lot of people don't see that. They see the kids on the commercials and think, why does he need? Yeah. Or they see the one, the four kids in the country that are getting, you know, million dollar deals and they think, why does this kid need this and that? But they're not thinking about the regular, you know, kid that's. Parents need some gas money too. Yeah, it's, it's a as you mentioned. I got my own my my own training circuit, and I say it every day. It's kids who need it, right? You know, so just them having a, a scholarship, you know, and not having loans at the at the end, you know, them having a little money in their pocket, maybe not a million dollars, but let's say ten thousand. It goes a long way, you know. I think we all know the stories of maybe not us, but maybe other schools where. These kids aren't eating and they're on full scholarships. They're still hungry. But mm-hmm. the fact that they get to, you know, make a little money, um, 
on their own and, you know, be able to eat or send money back to a family member, whatever the case may be. Uh, it's, it's great. It, it was needed a long time ago. I wish I would have had it. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad that these kids are, you know, monetizing off of it. That's awesome. And then, uh, you know, we we let you kind of talk. But one, one thing that we pride ourselves on here is 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 obviously we have relationships with the university and, and, and the program and whatnot. But, you know, when B and I got into this, we really wanted to make this a platform for former lettermen just just to get perspective, thoughts, all this stuff off their chest and, and, and give these fan bases, you know, that recognize guys like you and, and us and Madi and, and all these guys we've had on, just give them a little update on the program. Because I think this Letterman base, this Letterman group here um, is extremely powerful. I think we're extremely tight. And, and that's one thing when we came up, you know, I know we were tight in terms of you finishing up right when we got there, but just staying yeah. in touch. It's like, we don't have to talk every day. We see each other, you know, oh, it's we, all love. Yeah. but we got a mutual respect, right? Like, it's like, this place is really special. And uh, we wanted to give this, this podcast as a platform for us to just talk about our state of the program, you know, a couple war stories here and there whatever it may be. So I just wanted to give you a chance to kind of give that, you know, state of the program, what you want to see moving forward. Um, you know, maybe some, maybe some pride stories from that 2012 year before, and then, you know, we'll definitely, let you we appreciate your time. So. Yeah. I'm kind of going to piggyback just off uh, something you just mentioned. It's just about the camaraderie that we have, that brotherhood uh, state of like the state of Penn state. I don't think they have that at no other university. As you mentioned, when I was leaving, you guys was coming in. But shit, you'd have thought that we was that we all played together. Right. We went to training camp together, went to war together. That's the love that I have for you guys and the love I have for these these this current guys. But you know, just seeing Letterman in general or current players, whenever I go back to state and we're in that Letterman's lounge and we're in the sideline together, or we're in a platform like this, man, it's just it's just uh it fills my heart. It just feels like, you know, we have a bond that can never be broken regardless of what generation or what decade we played in that's what it feel like and um, this more sound like a recruiting pitch <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. yeah shit, if, if you are a recruit and you happen to tap in you know to the to this podcast uh this is the best brotherhood for you but as far as just war stories man at 2012 that 2012 class <sighs> yeah <laughs> I, that, that class was that we, we were different in a lot of different ways uh, a lot of people like to say that we saved the program. I don't really look at it that way. I just felt like we were fulfilling, you know, the purpose that we had set out, you know, to do when we committed to Joe Paterno, uh, regardless of all the, you know, the the negative comments or negative feedback that he may have, have gotten or still getting. One thing I can say about that man is that he cared outside of football. Uh, I think that every letterman that did got a chance to play under Joe or met Joe, whatever the case may have been, they're all pretty successful for one for one reason. It's because of him. Like he cared about the person that didn't have the shoulder pads and helmet on. Uh, which you know, I, I, everything that he teaches, you know, I try to do the same thing with my boys. Yeah, that's prime example with my current kids. Uh, but yeah, uh, 2012 man, you know, Bill O'Brien came in. Um, but that January, right from from the Patriots, and you know everything that that transpired from spring ball to you know 
yeah. training camp where the news had broke, you know, which was unexpected. Uh, you know, we lost a, a ton of key pieces with Silas Red, Kyrie Ford. I'm probably missing a ton of other people, but we, we lost Justin Brown. Mm-hmm. We lost some some pieces, but uh, I think the one thing that kept everything together that goes unnoticed is, you know, Bill O'Brien and himself. Um, I think if it was any other coach that may have taken on that responsibility, um, unexpected responsibility, I don't, I'm not sure if Penn State has a program. Uh, maybe we have a program, but it's not, you know, where we top 10 like we are now, top 15 each year. Um, it was the respect and the love that we have gained for B.O.B. in such a short period of time. Yeah. Right. That's why we stayed. You know, we stayed, as I mentioned, to fulfill the promise we had to Joe. You know, we're going to be here all three or four years, however long it was. But the way Bill, you know, made us feel from uh, from like uh, big brother, you know, uncle, father, you know, type of perspective, however you looked at him, you know, it was good. You know, uh, nothing against Joe, but being to Joe for three years, you know, we go against these teams like Ohio State, you know, and the Michigan State's who, who were good at that time. You know, we got a chance to go against Florida, LSU, and Alabama during that time span as well. They just always seemed like they, from a football IQ perspective, they were 10 times, you know, just higher and just better than us. You know, just they, they schemes and schematics, everything. So when B.O.B. came in and we started learning, like, football, I felt like we were learning football all over again. It was completely <laughs> different. It was refreshing. I felt like uh, – I learned so much in a short period of time. I learned more on the B.O.B. that spring than I learned under, you know, uh, unfortunately, Joe, you know, Tom Bradley. So they called scrap during my three years with them. So he was a huge reason why, you know, it was so easy to make that decision, you know, not to abandon the program. So easy for us to stay and, you know, fight and, you know, do whatever we we need to do to, you know, uh, to one win games. But, you know, put ourselves in positions to, you know, win a Big Ten championship that we wanted, although that was taken away from us. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to Billy O. He don't get enough credit, I think, probably now because I don't know, his hey, antics. Come out, out of slack this past two yeah. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and, but one thing about Bill, he's gonna keep it real with you. I think uh, that may be the disconnect now with you know just this generation and our generation. Keep it that real now. Yeah, you just can't keep it that real, and you know, he, shit. The way he spoke to us, and he'd tell you, shit, Steph, you ain't going first round, you ain't going second round, you five eight, five nine buck chains. You made, you know, everyone can't take that now. And I think yeah. we just had a previous story where, you know, uh, Alabama's quarterback was told to change positions and. I mean, it's working out for them, but yeah. as you mentioned, coaches these days just gotta they gotta walk on eggshells. Yeah, I, know. I, I say this all the time. I don't think Nick Saban could have done the job Bill did with that team. Mm. And then also, um, I said I said this to Marty. B and I have said this multiple times. Like you guys set the standard for this thirteen class, right? Like I think mm. we had the right group of kids that resonated from just the way we were brought up, the way we thought, the way we approached it. And, you know, I, at least for me, I'm forever grateful for guys like you and Mods right. and McGloin yeah. and how you, again, just 
you didn't even talk about it that much. You said it once, and then all of your actions throughout that entire season, the start was kind of shitty, and the way you guys finished. And we, I was up, we all, I think, were up at that Wisconsin game when you guys finished it, and like, it was just the best standard that could have been set yeah. from from like you said, Big Brother, like from a Big Brother standpoint. We we're like, man, like we have, we have to fucking keep this thing going, dude. Like that, that was our yeah. thought process, so, bro. Exactly. I, we loved it, man. Yeah, we, we, we had a lot of we had a lot of alphas on that team. And, yeah. I, and I know uh, people look at the main guys like the Marty's, the Zordis of the world. But shit, man, Gerald Hodges, you know, Jordan Hill. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a good GM. We had, we had, a, we had a lot. Yeah, but we had a lot of alphas on that team where, you know, I felt like we'd have been good regardless of who was leading yeah. that ship. We had yeah. a lot of alphas. Uh, that's that's what I – we talked about it last week with Mike uh, Gesicki. And I don't want to dive into it now because we had you uh, long enough, but that's what it takes. I mean, for me, it's about the guys in the locker room grabbing it by the horns and saying, this is what we got to do. And I don't care how we got to do it. This is what we got to do. You know, I'll just leave it at that. But and then back to you missing that with this current team or. And that's what it is. We've missing something. That's what it is. Because we see it. The talent's there. The depth's there. We can talk about all this crap that we always talk about, recruiting classes and all that. That's As you said, that's fine and dandy. Dude runs 4-2 and he's 6-5. But when the, when the shit hits the fan, who's going to be there on third and six, whether we're talking defense or offense, whatever the scenario, we know, you know who's going to rally the troops and say, you know, they had us in the first half. They had us all game, but we – we're down 10 points. This is a game. Yeah. Let's do it. You know, I, I think, and it doesn't always have to be the quarterback. I know it's, that's the face of the program and you'd love to see it, but it doesn't always have to be the quarterback, you know? Yeah. I would have, have loved to have been, you know, during that game where someone on defense or offense just fought that unit, whether it's offense or defense or the team, and, you know, kind of like a Marty, just getting their face, you know, trying to rally them up, you know, build some – instill some confidence, however it was needed. It could have happened. I didn't see it, but I would have loved to have seen that, you know, against Ohio State of Michigan, right. especially against Oakland. Right. I mean, that was a game you needed. I think, I think that's it. I think this offseason they need to find – they need to find a couple war daddies who want yeah. the ball <laughs> as the clock's expiring and they want to take that last shot. Yeah. And they need to find it. And I think – I hope that this offseason with Chuck and those guys, they find those guys and they yeah. understand that you can you can lead by example all you want, but there's times where you got you to gotta rally the troops and then you got to be the guy to go make a play and do what you were saying where you make everybody else around you better. You make that play. You and it doesn't matter around. what play is called. It doesn't, right. ma- it doesn't matter who's lined up where you're the guy that grabs the bull by the horns and makes yeah. a play because football is unique. You can't do that for four quarters now. There's right. not, there's yeah. not, there might be two or three guys on the planet that have ever played the game who could do it whenever they wanted to for four quarters. But guys who are special do it when they need it. And I thought that, to your point, that's that's something that for 2024, you know, yeah. I think yeah. needs to change. So yeah, we did. Like I said, man, yeah, that 2012 class, we had a lot of alphas. Yep. And party classes before that, and I'm pretty sure you know your teams as well. But we need guys that's not afraid, you know, to let Drew. And I'm not picking on Drew by any chance. Um, Drew is, you know, 
Drew's the guy right now. Right. You, you take you your shit together. Quarterback. Yeah, get your shit together. <laughs> I know, you know. I can do, yeah, I can do the I can do the same with Marty, G, Jordan Hills to the point where like you're not getting to your damn hook curl, we'll let you know. And they do the same thing with me and then no yeah. matter who was the captain of the team, nothing like that. We need guys like that where we hold everyone accountable. Yeah, that's I'm pretty sure you your team and I know we had that on ours. That's what I was gonna say to Hack's point. Those war daddies, and I learned this in the league, there's guys on the team that maybe are afraid to step into that light. And I'm here to tell you now, even if you're an incoming freshman, you may catch some slack in the beginning, like, yo, who the hell are you? But if you got it, you got it. If you can galvanize the guys, you got it. Obviously, you have to back it up in your play, as Hack said. But don't be afraid to be that guy if, you know, if you feel it in your spirit. Because I was there at one point, like, oh, I want to say something, you know. I haven't have I made enough plays yet. Now it's money. Oh, these guys are making more money than me or whoever. You know, I'm sure that's that all plays a part. But when it comes to being on the field, don't be afraid to be that guy. I know there's some guys. I've spoken to a, a good amount of guys. Don't be afraid to be that guy. And to as your point, you said, too, maybe there's a star player that isn't that guy and you feel like, you know, you don't play as much. If you need to tell him, bro, get in your gap or you got to kick out, whatever, whatever, don't be afraid to say it because we all got to roll around in the same way. Yeah, we got, we got, you know, one goal and that's that's the win. Exactly. Win a day, win a play, win a rep, whatever the case may be, whatever it looks like during that during that time frame. But no one should be afraid to, you know, tell Hack to get his shit together if you need to. Right, right, right. <laughs> Steph, man, we appreciate you. Man, this is uh, definitely gonna have you back. Gotta have you back. And as we get to this 2024 season, we got a long year, folks. Hack and I will be here every Monday, Tuesday. So, so you know, we like to talk about more alumni, more dogs, more alphas to kind of preach on what 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 needs to be done. Uh, so, appreciate you, brother. Best of luck. Be safe in your travels, and uh, wish you a prosperous 24. Thank you, man. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me on. That was our guy, Steph Morris. Uh, can't say enough about him, bro. He's he's one of the best. And uh, like you said, we'll definitely have to get him back. But that was that was good stuff. Um, top to bottom. Love what he's doing with Prime Example. Um, love his opinions on the team. He's he's a very knowledgeable guy. And, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate that conversation. So um, with that. Uh, we've chewed up quite some time, but as I promised in the mailbag, uh, we're going to, we're going to get into this one. So, um, we're going to jump straight to it because there is pretty lengthy ones. And and I'm sorry for you guys trying to listen to this on your commute to work. That may be an hour. (laughs) You may have to, you may have to carry this over into your uh, commute back home. So, um, B, I, I, how about I handle, how about I handle, I'll handle Twitter. Cool. Um, you handle Instagram. I'll jump on Twitter first here and grab from some of these beginning ones because kick I it off. Kick it off. I appreciate the back and forth, by the way, as well. I mean, there's, there's some good lengthy conversations going into the comments on, on IG, <laughs> on, on X. Sorry, not Twitter. I've misspoken again. Um, oh, yeah. On X. Uh, formerly known as Twitter, you know, just the back and forth. This is what we're looking for. We really appreciate it. But um, let me find my guy here. Da, 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 da. 
Mike Scatena at Mike Scatena. If I said that wrong, I apologize again. Um, my mom was an English teacher, but uh, I didn't really quite get all that. Uh, offensively, what are the biggest areas of improvement necessary? Route concepts, adaptability, coaching, meaning execution of or something else. And then defensively, how worried should we be about the corner spot? Is there enough time for them to develop? Was this at uh, was this a Dex at DC problem? It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, yeah. I'll kick it off. Well, I'll start with defense. Yeah, you jump right. defense. I'll take the offensive side. Cool, cool bet. And Steph made a great point. And maybe I was being a little too harsh on the guys that stepped up. Because obviously, you know, I expect greatness no matter who's out there. Mm-hmm. But he made some great points, DB, the communication and things of that nature. Maybe that alludes to the moving pieces Franklin was talking about. Um, but no, all, to, all to say, I'm not worried. You know, we keep talking about we have the talent and they just have to be out there and get reps. I mean, as much as we like for a guy that's played, you know, he's played all season, but maybe not meaningful snaps. Mm-hmm. As, a, as much as we'd like him to just, you know, plug and play and be – you know, the next Joey Porter Jr. or whoever, you know, it doesn't really happen like that. You know, I can speak from my own experience. You know, I played, I started my fresh, the last game of freshman year against Wisconsin. And I was out there just flying around, you know, making plays. But, you know, at the end of the game, Coach Butler, I remember him saying, like, I know you didn't know what the hell you were doing, but. (laughs) (laughs) So. um, I don't put too much stock. I'm not worried about those guys at all. These, these snaps that they got, are invaluable. I'll say that yeah. these corners will never forget number nine from Ole Miss and how he moved and the things he did to get open that only bode well for the future. And obviously they have to hone in, you know, as corner, you have to have a short memory, but keeping that memory somewhere is, is, is necessary, you know, because, yeah. you know, that was a good, those were good receivers and you, you should um, definitely keep that in memory bank because, you know, those are probably be some of the better guys they play. You know, so mm-hmm. not worried about the cornerback position. Um, not at all, really. Really like all those guys. And that's going to happen at corner. You're going to get beat. You're going to get beat. You're going to make plays. And in the future, they will they will get theirs more than they get got. Um, yeah. Out of the words of Marshawn. There you go. And I'll, I'll, I'll echo. I think that there's plenty of time for them to develop. You know, you got, you got spring. You got training camp. Um I think it's going to be important to make those as competitive as possible, but I think that there's plenty of time. And then with the decks at DC thing, what do you got anything on that B? I mean, no, I mean, it is tough because you're not going to roll out a whole new defensive playbook. You know, you're yeah. going to roll with what the guys have been doing all year, even though you may not have been calling the plays, you know, that's not really going to change. And I know we said we like to, you know, maybe, I would say this is why I was – I'm not a big proponent of the heavy, heavy blitz. Now, I've been kind of saying that for the past few years, but yeah. me, myself, I kind of like a little bit of read reaction, you know, but I don't pay too much stock in the Dex being D.C. Yeah. Um, the same playbook, guys just have to uh, – just have to um, be ready to step up when the number's called, and obviously the more reps, the, uh, the better they'll be. Yeah. Um, and then I'll jump on the offensive side. I think the the biggest area of improvement, and, and I think should be a major focus for Anthony or for uh, Andy Kaltenecki. And I, 
I, I heard one of his interviews, him talking about it. You know, he, he, he talks about being a teacher and then, you know, making sure he maximizes what his players do well and putting them in positions to be successful, which, which I cannot echo how much I loved hearing that because I think that that's obviously an extremely fundamental concept, but one that oftentimes gets overlooked by coaches every year and ultimately results in them either being fired or, you know, reevaluating things. So uh, I'm happy that he has that baseline. And I think that that is going to be huge because I've said it all year, our, our receiving room caught a lot of slack, right? And just because we didn't have a guy who can line up and win eight, nine times out of 10 one-on-one and separate in those types of settings doesn't mean that we don't have a deep, talented room. I think we do. I think we have right. some, some kids who can play there. But I think just their strengths didn't necessarily match what we were trying to do in terms of creating explosive plays. You know, I, we ran post over a gazillion times off of play action. We ran just straight up go routes and chucked it up a gazillion times. Like that's not their strong suit. And I think AK's job this off season is finding out what pieces he has. Cause there is still some potential from the transfer portal. And I, you know, may or may not be hitting at a kid from Scar- from from the guys wearing scarlet and gray but um there may be some some pieces that help with that but ultimately i think it's going to be about finding what these guys do well what drew sees well and putting them in positions where they can be successful um given what they do so right. for me like i think that that be, that that from a concept standpoint, from from an adaptability standpoint, all that. I think that that is the most important thing yeah. um, because, again, when it comes to, like, talent gathering, like, we're there. Now right. it's just about a- execution. And I think that there's there's times where they needed to execute better, oh, and, yeah. execute better and so on and so forth, right? There, there's, But I, I mentioned there always is going to be that. So, yeah. Um, you know, for me, I think as a coaching staff, you just have to li- eliminate that as an ex- or eliminate the coaching concepts and the coaching pu- in terms of how they put these kids in positions as an excuse, right? And yeah. then you can really get to the to the to the root cause of some of these issues from an execution standpoint. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then just to echo something you said earlier about we're talking about Jackson Dart and those guys getting in a rhythm. And we've talked about it all year with opposing quarterbacks and opposing yep. teams. Obviously, quarterback needs to get in rhythm, but that comes hand in hand with getting maybe your top two receivers in rhythm as well. Like you said, it's not post over, but a simple yep. hitch, you know, a quick release, get the ball in his hands. You know, he feels it, he gets hit. You know, that can get a guy going a little bit to where you know you you're 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 more advantageous to throw to one on one or whatever it may be. So that's a um, kind of riding the hot hand. That's what you said. Uh, Jackson yeah. Darnold guys and Lane Kiffin, they started riding the hot hand. Yep. Obviously, we had young corners, the yeah. receiver, you know, yeah. that goes a long way. So uh, I'll roll that question kind of into this one. kind of makes sense. Um, this is on IG from Brock W. Chambers. He says, big picture-ish question here. After last night's Rose Bowl game with Michigan going to the national championship game and being favored – how is Penn State this far behind them on the on the field? I saw a graphic a while back showing blue chip ratios from the past three recruiting classes, and it had Michigan and Penn State right next to each other. What is missing from this program to get to a higher level? And that is very much big picture. And you know, everything we've kind of said throughout this, 
you know, episode and all season, but I think it comes down to the competitive nature we've kind of been talking about. Tenacity, dog mentality, whatever you've been you want to call it, I think that needs to be heightened in everyone, you know. Yeah. Even if you think, you know, you were a big bad dude, coaching staff, player, whoever it was, it needs to be heightened more, you know. And I know uh, we pre- preach a competitive uh, mindset and everything like that, but I think it needs to be taken up a notch, you know, similar to what I say about uh, Drew and kind of not knowing what it really meant to be a starting quarterback. Now he knows. Now the whole team knows you played against a national championship contender, you know, and obviously we don't know what those guys are doing day to day, but you've seen it and you can, you can learn a lot from that to say, okay, I was ready for that game, but compared to what I played against, I can take it up a notch, you know? Yeah. And that has to be in everything, the preparation to the execution that you just said, you know, it's not just executing it's I got to kill this dude every snap in my execution, you know, with my aggressiveness and things of that nature. And I think, like we said, I mean, the ta- it's not the talent. Clearly, the numbers show by these blue chip ratings, it's not the talent, you know. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, w- I just want to see Coach Fr- – like, I think Coach Franklin's done a good job of all of that, right? And I think the next step is like – and I'm not saying we don't have it, but I just feel like – breeding a championship mentality like we're doing what championship teams do when we play teams with lesser talent or mm-hmm. or, or teams that we're supposed to beat i'm not even gonna say lesser talent like with right. teams that we're supposed to beat we're winning those games like that's that's out of the that's that's gone right so i feel like that's a step right that you have to take and now this offseason it it's coach franklin it's the coordinators and then it matriculates down to the rest of the team of the mentality of are we there? I don't know. And you talked about this with the 2016 team. Like, I think it really truly does come grassroots from within. And it's like, no, no, no. Like we're here. Like we may not have won it. None of that matters. Like we're going to win these games that we're supposed to win. And now we need to make sure that when the big games come up, when Washington, when USC, when Michigan comes up next year, like we need to step up to the plate and understand that this game means more. And we need, mm-hmm. we need to uh, – what was the quote that Mike said? When, when your best is required, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that Bill Belichick says, anyway, yeah. be, be, you have to be at your best when your best is required. Right, and I, right, think, right. I think that that mentality for those types of games needs to be spewing out of the last football building for that week. So – um, and I think the players have a great opportunity to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Franklin expects that, right, for the most part. And I, I think the players have a great opportunity this offseason to do that. And, you know, I want to just give a shout-out to Kevin at Kevin0914 on X that said, what is, the ta- what, is, what is the path forward and action items in order to matriculate from a good program to an elite program? And I just wanted to give him some Perfect. love there yeah. as, as we, uh, as we yeah. answered that question. So. Um, Brandon, this one, uh, for me, eh, we kind of touched on it. So, uh, we'll, we'll just, we'll just dive into the hotness. We got Will Gamble at Will Gamble 15. How big of a problem is Drew? He seemingly hasn't developed at all this year and actually seemed to regress in the Peach Bowl. Uh, I won't say he, uh, regressed. 
obviously, I mean, I'm not sure what his numbers. Numbers weren't great. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's tough to say when a, if a kid has a bad game, he regressed because obviously the offense as a whole was just so up and down. And like I said, we touched on it. I think you just got to be able to, for his sake and obviously the team and offensive sake, ride the momentum. And, and that comes with, you know, throwing your punches and not being afraid to make a mistake, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, no one's expecting him to go 50 for 50 and complete every pass. But when I watch the, com- the competing teams all week, you know, the playoff teams and the other New Year's bowl games, and I know you're sure you can talk more into this. I'm no QB guru, but there's something about it, taking that hitch step and just driving the ball down the middle. Obviously, you know, there's accuracy putting it at a certain place, but I don't, you know, just letting it rip to a certain degree. It's just let it rip. He and, does it sometimes. And that's, you know, we see it and it's like, okay, that was a strike. He just threw a strike over the middle of Tyler Warren on a bang eight or whatever, dig route. Mm-hmm. And it's not always gonna. It's not always gonna be open. You've seen that. It's not always gonna be pretty. And maybe, maybe that's somewhere we can. He can progress with the coach's standpoint of like, is how we're practicing. You know, is it too pretty for him? You know, do we need to muddy it up and kind of? I know we've touched on this. Like, you know, the guy's not gonna break open free and have a ton of separation. You yeah. know, we hope it happens, but in practice, we need to. You know. Make it more game-like simulation. Put it that way. And obviously, we don't know what's going on in practice, but I think that's where we can see stride. He can see strides made. And then it comes down to his mechanics and all that. I'm not getting into all that, but yeah. it goes uh, hand. I think technically he's fine. I mean, I, listen, I just – my biggest thing with Drew is, like, we haven't seen him – we haven't seen him win a game for us. Like, like truly single-handedly win a game for us. Like he hasn't, he hasn't had the opportunities he's had have been against really good football teams. And that kind of sucks because, (laughs) you know, it it, it does. But like, I think when you're looking at a guy like that and the expectations and all that stuff, like, again, it goes back to that mentality of, like it may not be the fourth quarter. It may not be the last five minutes of the game. It may be a drive in the second quarter yeah. where you're you're coming out a little, or we'll use the we use the Peach Bowl for an example. You know, coming out of halftime after you didn't really do what you were supposed to do before before half in terms of the opportunity you had, and you go three and out. You know, like there's certain points in a game where you create a spark, you lead a big drive, you make a big time throw that results in a touchdown or something like that. And it just breeds energy into the offense. And I feel like every opportunity he had this year to do that, it didn't necessarily work, right? Like some of them were in kind of cleanup time. Like, so, like, so I just really want to, for him, like obviously not press it. And I hope that we're not in a ton of those situations, but like those right. are the types of things that get stripes with not just your coaching staff, but more importantly with the other guys on the team, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I mean, you could probably talk about it. I can think of a couple games that I had where, you know, I may not have been playing great, but then there was three or four drives that got me in rhythm, and then it was on and on, and I, I felt like you guys started playing better and back and forth. Like, I'm just trying to think of those moments where it's like you put on the war daddy hat at that position, yeah. and you're no longer just the quiet, you know, rosy-cheeked kid that right. just does his job and smiles. You know what I mean? Like, you, you yeah. have a little trick to you. So, 
I think he can, I think he, I think that's where his growth can be. Right. Because it is to your point, it is going to be imperfect. And like, there is no, there is like, like I said, there's no like elevator to the top, right? Like you have to take the stairs. You're going to get punched in the mouth, like week to week, there's going to be different things that happen throughout a game that don't go perfect. And people are going to overanalyze. So there's just that time when you have to take advantage of it to help your guys win games. Right. And, you know, I think that's, that's the biggest thing we can see with Drew. And it may not, no plays may jump off to you because I think they're not big plays. Obviously, you had a deep ball touchdown. It's always a great play. But I think those plays that you're talking about yeah. are the second and six slants that you rip in there or yeah. whatever. You know, it's, it's more of a simple play. But once again, you get the receiver in rhythm. You get the tight end in rhythm. You get the coaching staff who's calling the plays in rhythm. You Like you always said, you know, Drew and the OC have to be like this. To yep. where he's feeling what you're feeling and like, okay, I'm going to get this kid moving now. I'm going to get him moving, get a little pass here. And I think those are the plays that, once again, build his confidence, which builds the team's confidence. And, well, not unfortunately, because we touched on it. You know, it's what you sign up for. When you're the QB, you know, it, it things ride. Your emotions, the team rides off your emotions. Yep. Like I said, you don't have to be, you know, Tim Tebow, blood down your face. But, you know, when you let a ball rip, whether it's incomplete or, or not, obviously with accuracy, but there's still there's, there's still something to kind of just throwing your punches. You're not going to hit everyone. But when you throw your punches, the crowd feels it, feels it, the team feels it. And I think that's when you speak, that's kind of what I, yeah. what I feel from a defensive standpoint. You know, okay, yeah. Drew out there slinging it. Drew's out there, you know, you know, dotting him up, whatever it may be. He's running a little bit, which he has capability of. Um, that's what I see at least. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a – I'll take a. Uh, this will be my last point for this question, but I'll take a, yeah. a quote that I heard from Trent Dilfer back when I was 16 years old at the Elite 11 that stuck mm. with me. It, the, the, the best quarterbacks are thermostat leaders. They have the ability to change the temperature of the room. Mm. And it may not be – it may be with a throw. It may be with your leadership qualities. It may be with something, but they are like a thermostat and they have that power within the team across the board to change the temperature of the room when it's needed. And that's where I think Drew can make his strides. And I think subsequently when he starts taking that role into account, it's going to make everything else easier. You know what I mean? So – um, yeah, 100%. That's, that's 100%. what I thought. Again, a lot of credit to my guy Trent Dilfer with that one. That one's stuck for one. years. That's a good one, man. All right, B, what do you got? Oh, man. There's a lot of good ones. Some I do not have the answer for. How do we step <laughs> up in NIL? That is above my pay grade. <laughs> I do not know. Um, we keep trying to figure out our ways here at Mercury. Just make sure you guys keep tuning in, liking, sharing, retweeting, and uh, we'll we'll see what we can continue to give you guys. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, we have no, – that's not really a question. To anyone that's kind of – and I'm not, you know, throwing punches at you, but we get a lot of things about the landscape of college football and what it's turning into. One, we do not have any control of that. Two – there's no indication that it is going remotely anywhere back to what it was. So yeah. you got to buckle up and go for the ride like everyone else. It's a, 
part of what I think makes college football so uh, fun to watch. Whether you're a fan, super fan, like we all are, I mean, it's a journey. This is a journey. Um, I got one from Hesketh underscore 86. I feel like in-game coaching adjustments in big games is truly where this coaching staff falls short. Would like to know what you guys' opinion is on that topic. And I see a lot of this. I see a lot of people. I think Peyton Manning had a quote, actually, on his simulcast maybe a year or two ago. He said, like, I don't buy in the second half adjustments. That's all hoopla. And Peyton Manning is the GOAT, one of the GOATs. Omaha Productions, appreciate all you guys are doing. Uh, our guy Hannah Biondi actually works for them. There you go. Um, killing it. But I could not disagree with that uh, statement he made when I first heard it. Kind of leading to this. You know, it's it's kind of hard because we're not in the locker room, but I wholeheartedly remember and believe in second half adjustments. And it may not be, you're not changing your whole scheme. You know, you're not changing new playbook, but there is room for slight adjustments, whether it's personnel-wise, individually, how we're going to play things. You know, I remember the Big Ten Championship, Wisconsin was killing us off this. I think the big run uh, Corey Clement had for a touchdown which is off this like off tackle kind of power, I think it was. But yeah. for whatever reason, they were they were just blocking it slightly different that we had never seen before, and it was giving us fits the whole first half. And it, it just turns into, hey, don't spill this block, you know, box it in or something like that, right. to where it gives you know it gives the linebacker a chance to get over top or X, Y, and Z, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So there's slight uh, adjustments in there, but I think it is twofold. You can't give put all that harp on the coaching staff because it takes, you know, I want to say high IQ, but players and coaches to be on the same page enough to make those slight adjustments. I'll say that. And it's not always the case. I don't know. You know, it's not always the case. I'll just say that. You know, you can't always just say, hey, do this now. Even though we practiced this all week, I want you to do this. We were doing two weeks ago. Right. You can't quite do that with every player, so. Right. Uh, I'm sure what, adjustments are happening, but, you know, I think it's maybe at a, a smaller level than we'd be able to notice. Yeah. I think what, what I, what I, what I, um, what I'm a big believer in is having your kind of babies, right? Like from an identity standpoint that you can fall back on where if, if, um, because each week, and I feel like a lot of coaches fall into this, where you know they're they are game planning, you know, a specific way of blocking something based upon the look that you get, and sometimes it's a look that you know you don't see a bunch, and they want to make yeah. sure they get the right play call and all this. Like, I feel like that's so hard to do, and I and oftentimes when you start getting into those types of things, that's where you start seeing like some miscommunication, some kind of like n- not a lot of flow on offense, and it's tough. I'm just a firm believer in like your adjustments might be, okay, this is what they're giving us. It's not what we expected. We had a whole game plan written up for this. And now if you're not, if you don't have like your base of who you're going to be that, you know, no, no, you can execute against anything. Then it's really hard to try to adjust anything other than going back to that. Right. So like, I think it's less of an adjustment thing and like being a master of your handful of concepts that you know you can have answers to if the defense is giving you fits. Right. Uh, at least I'm speaking from an offensive side of the ball. Right. No, same thing. Right. You know what I mean? Where you can fall back on something that is like, 
okay, we've repped this against literally every look. I know where my answers are. This is, you know, I just have to understand that this is what the coverage on the back end is, or this is the pressure they're giving me, and this is how I have to protect it. And then boom, 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 like this is how we execute it against anything, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's more so like having having your babies that you can go back to. And then, you know, if you need to make adjustments, adjust, adjust at halftime when you have time to talk through things, right? So yeah. – and a good point, a good point off that is adjustments can be made, but those adjustments could cause more problems than right. the original, which is a great point. You know, right. the opposite of what I said in the Wisconsin game, you know, it could easily be, hey, we're going to attack this block. We're going to change the way we're doing attacking this block. Yeah. And then one player gets it. That message is not re- related to the other player. And now the cornerbacks, now two guys are in the same gap or things like that. That yeah. is a very, very great point to where. You you fall back on your basics to your point. You fall yeah. always fall back to your basics. Yeah. Good question though. I uh, you know there's a lot of optics. I know not everyone you know, which is why we appreciate the question. Not everyone played and maybe th- see the things the same way, but that's yeah. why we're here. Yeah. All right. Let's go to my guy uh, Farzad uh, Farziness on X. Um, I'm going to throw mine in case it's still open. It was still open when you sent this, brother. Um, what's the bigger missing piece for Penn State football? Leadership from Franklin or leadership from the players? We've talked about this a little bit, but I think it's something that we can just hammer home really quick and yeah. give my guy some love. Man, it's there's no one finger to one finger to point. There's no finger to point. Leadership comes from everyone in small different ways. Like we said, I'm always going to lean a little more to the players because you know, coaches always say, you know, we can we love to be out there. And that's how I feel, you know, as a, a viewer now, it's, you know, this is also for any player or guys that listen that may think we're being harsh. It's not that. We come from love because we want the success for you. Because like we said with Steph, you know, we we literally are an extension of you to a certain point. So, mm-hmm. you know, we want to see guys grab it by the horns and take ownership of the team. And I think all coaches want that too. Coaches can only take you so far. This is what I believe in. You know, put you in the right positions on the field, yes. But even on the field and everything else, it's it's on you guys, man. It's on the players to take reins on what you want to do. How, you know, the game tape is your resume. What you're going to put out there is ultimately your name on it, is my opinion. So somebody reference your mustache in the comment, I won't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love the mustache, dude. I'm going to keep it for two more weeks. And then it's two gone. more? Two more weeks, yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, you get, yeah. you get the last two. Rip them from, rip them from IG. Mm-hmm. Last two. Uh, transfer portal stuff, I mean, I can't, can't quite touch on. I mean, we don't know what the aggressiveness of it is. Are we offering every single one? Is it selective? I know we see a few names out there, but it's that's tricky, really, in my opinion. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I'll go with Collins J1967. Ultimately, he says he believes in, in his opinion, to beat elite teams, you have to have a mobile quarterback. I don't wholeheartedly agree with that. I think you need to be athletic, and I think Drew is athletic enough. We've seen him move. I don't think you need to. Uh, and I will say, I've been saying this all year, a few of these zone reads, he just has to keep. 
If yeah. we're going to keep that going, he has to keep it just just for tape's sake. I mean, and it may be a fourth and one where they least expect it and keeps it, but I'm tired of seeing these crashing ends just, you know, go straight to the dive or the zone. Take away, take away the backside A-gap cut. Yeah, I mean, yep. more times than none, he could easily probably truck some of these DNs. He's a, Drew's a big boy uh, if he really wanted to. Uh, you want to give your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that – I don't necessarily buy that. I agree with you. I mean, and, and the thing is, is like the whole like athletic thing, like m- – I'd say 99% of these kids are, are way more athletic than anyone (laughs) (laughs) thinks. Um, Even the uh, pocket passers with more quotes. So um, yeah, I mean, does a mobile quarterback help? Does it, does it cause different problems for sure? Right. It definitely does, but I don't think it's like in order to have success, you know, you, you have to be that. I mean, look at, look at Michael Penix and look at Quinn Ewers, you know, Like they're they're great throwers of the football. That's what they do. If they use their right. legs, they use their legs to extend the play to make plays with their arms, right? Like, um, you know. And then you have guys like Jalen Milrow who are really athletic threats, and that's one thing. And you know, whatever, right? But um, there's not a ton of Michael Vicks walking around the face of the earth. So it's like, you know, I I, I don't quite buy that. I think Drew's athletic enough. Um, and. To your point, B, I think that there's things that we can do from a scheme standpoint that can help alleviate uh, those those problems or, yeah. or or present more problems for the defense in the case that yeah. you Yeah. That's all I really got. I mean, a lot of these things we touched on in some form or fashion. A lot of people are just kind of venting, which I get. <laughs> yeah. I will say I, I love the I love the back and forth. Uh, you know, on X, there's a ton of back and forth. Um and and you know, we, we here at the pocket and at state media do appreciate that. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll dive in there and get, get yeah, in here. We got a long season, long season, folks, to chime in. We got a long season. We're going to cover a lot. Definitely going to be relying on you guys for a lot more comments and we'll, we'll, we'll pick and choose, you know, some of these discussions we take points from. So, yeah, definitely appreciate it. And, uh, I mean, the way I see it, I'm always a glass half uh, full type of guy. I mean, Obviously, there was no national championship. I was, you know, one of the first proponents of uh, saying, you know, we're playoff bound, but there's room for improvement. And, you know, you just got to believe we have everything it takes. I get it. Not the best showing to cap the season off, but 10 and 3, you know, take it. Success. It's not an ultimate success, but it's still success. You can't, you can't knock it like uh, these kids and these coaches didn't do anything. And, you know, that's just kind of how I'm, I'm leading off into this 24, man. It's the expectations are going to come right back. You know, the the press and everything is going to come right back. And it ultimately, it comes down to what happens on the field. So I'm excited. Yeah, I think there's going to be, like I said, I think there's going to be a lot more noise and a lot less uh, roses being handed out. And I think that if the team and – I'm Fuck, fuck, fuck. If the program takes it the right way, um, I'm excited about 24. Everyone loves yeah. an underdog, and everyone yeah. loves everyone loves a dog that comes back after it's after it had to run with its tail between its legs. And I'm not saying that's where we're at, to your point. We did win 10 games, but the feeling is this So as the sky falls, um, 
you can sit there and, and weather that storm and, and you do it the right way presents a great opportunity. So I, I, I'm excited to see how these guys, I'm excited to get up there for spring ball, see how these guys are, are attacking it. I'm excited to see how training camp goes. Um, and, and I think they got a great opportunity and kind of like what Steph said, what you mentioned before, like there's, there's some new dogs in the hunt and one of them's playing for a national championship game for a national championship. Yeah. Be. So Shoot, um, man. it's going to be fun. So I'm yeah. excited. I, I hope these guys, I hope these guys, and and this program takes it the right way, and uh, it's a great opportunity for them if if yeah. they take it as the B Bell glass half full um, yeah. approach. So got to man, got to shoot man with those boys and up north and blue, whatever they are, we call them, playing for the Natty. What's your opinion? Who you got? Michigan versus UW, dude, man. Uh, well, and I don't think we can go wrong either way because we do have you know. I'm going to count him as a representative of the Big Ten. No, that's true. Yeah. Um, we will not have an SEC champion this year for the first time in quite some time, which is which I think is good. Um, listen, man, uh, I really think it's going to be the Michael Penix versus that uh, that that Michigan Wolverine defensive front. I yeah. think they did a great job of creating a lot of problems for Milrow um, in that game. So if Washington can figure out a way how to protect it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Penix is deadly. He's yeah. dead. I want to see those receivers versus those DBs to that yeah. regard. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, I need, Washington needs to get pressure. Obviously, stop the run. I think they'll do a fairly – they can do a decent enough job. But they need to get pressure on uh, Michigan. That's what Bama did not do, mm-hmm. which was a proponent of the blueprint we did to slow down Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, we got after those tackles and, and McCarthy. So that, UW needs to be able to do that because McCarthy tipped my hat off to him, saying the way we did the dart. I mean, I think he deserves a little more credit. Well, I deserve to give him more credit than what I normally do. Uh, when he's back there and, you know, he has time and things of that nature, he can, he can get the job done pretty, pretty well. He has some zips in there. Um, I know Harbaugh says he's the best quarterback, I think, in college football history, but uh, that's a guy championing his guy, and he's playing like it. Like we said, that confidence, man. Yeah, I'll tell you what. They're, they're playing like it. Uh, yeah. I, I'll take – it's hard to go against Michigan. I don't know. That defense is, is real right now. I'll, I'll take the underdog, man. I'm, a, I'm a, Or not the underdog. I, or Maybe they are. I don't know. I'm not – but I, yeah, I'll take – my odds are in Washington, dude. They're going to turn it into a shootout, and I don't think Michigan can win a shootout with them. Yeah, right. How crazy would it be last year to Pac-12? They go out as nat- they get a national champion. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a good well, team. That's a big ten. It's a good team. I had Texas winning it all. Um, I did too, personally. But mm-hmm. um, that Washington team's a good team. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But um, that's all we got this week, guys. Once again, big shout out to Mercury State Media. Everyone stay chimed in. You know, pushing a lot of content out there. Hack is running the show. Uh, don't forget about the merch. New stuff will be coming. You know, the pocket merch. Stay tapped into all the shows. Uh, State Media has going on. A lot of great content. And as Hack said, I know we both plan on getting up there, being more involved. Um, spring camp and things of that nature. So. So look forward to everything we got coming here from the pocket and state media, Mercury as a whole. 
That'll be all. Oh, yeah. Also, make sure you follow State Media. Make sure you follow Hack and I on X, Instagram. Stay chimed in. Stay tuned in. And we'll be back for more next week. That'll like, be all. subscribe on YouTube. Do it all. There you go. Like, subscribe. Make sure you do all that. Yeah. And uh, that'll be all from us at The Pocket. Appreciate it. Happy 2024. Oh, yeah. Whew.